Hello and welcome to the TOVG Podcast. My name is George Weedman, and once again, for the sad, tragic second week in a row, Jimmy Belikoff won't be joining us. But uh, we do have Matt Visual as usual, and returning to us after a long, long hiatus are Alex and Kite Tails. Yeah. How is Hi. how is everyone doing on this this lovely wintry evening? Just Good. swimmingly. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Swimmingly, you can't swim in the winter though. But I'm in Florida, so I technically can. Yeah, I'm guess in California. How I'm doing. <laughs> I'm, uh, unlike people in Florida and California, I, I'm, I'm doing skiingly. I guess I don't know. I'm frolicking oh, in a goddamn skiing. winter wonderland right Fun. now. Yeah, I um, I'm, I'm with some friends in the the Rhode Islandy, New Englandy area, and. I it's it's really cold and and it gets like dark at four thirty in the afternoon and no one goes outside but that's okay because you can go skiing out here. I'll never <laughs> ski again. <laughs> really? No. The I, first time I went skiing, okay, I had never skied before and one of my friends the ski went through his leg. Oh like, my down to his god! Bone. Oh. What? And then I had to go call and there was blood all over the snow, and then he the oh. the mountain guy who is saving him <laughs> the mountain man what is that called the mountain aid sasquatch <laughs> okay just <laughs> <laughs> the first Close. aid man the i, I want to hear man. what happened to this guy so yeah. he took him and then they put him in this like they bundled him up and then they put him on this stretcher and then they skied him down the slope <laughs> and then the other guy said come oh, ski God. with me down to the, the end of the the mountain and there was no mm-hmm. fence on the the edge of it. It was so scary. Wow. Yeah. And then we didn't even get a refund on the skis for that day. Even How though my brother brought even... them in and there was blood all over them. It was so weird. I don't know. I, I don't mean to like bring up horrible traumatic memories, <laughs> but like... How does that happen? How how does a ski like slice through flesh? Yeah. I think he fell it's, off it's, the it's ski very... lift. Oh. He fell off the lift? Yeah. Oh my god. It was oh. so scary. It was crazy. Wait, they they don't have bars to hold you on the on the lift? No, they didn't. Oh, no, no, they do, but this... but it's up to like you to put them down. Well, ours no. I wow. think we went to a ski place that was too advanced. So <laughs> I can't tell if it was too advanced or like <laughs> too ghetto. No, it was for people who knew how to ski. Like advanced <laughs> I... ski slope. I went to a place today that was not like that. I mean, I was like hoping to talk about what a wonderful, happy time I had. But oh yeah, now... sorry, I started out with that. Yeah, it's okay. I just, <laughs> I just don't know anymore. Experience? You guys, is it good? It was fine, I guess. No one <laughs> fell off the ledge and, and got their shit cut up. It was okay. I had fun, I guess. Good. <sighs> it was a blast. So, I haven't so been snow... skiing since I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The snow yeah. Uh, stays like nice and pretty. All the time. It's not like Georgia, kind right? Of. Where like the water comes down and it gets really black and nasty. You can't even walk on the street without slipping and falling on your behind. I well, hate that. Well, what they tell me, I haven't seen it yet. I've only, I've been here for like three days, but they tell me that that the snow is like cute and innocent and wonderful for the first three days. It's it's kind of like Justin Bieber. Like it starts out all nice as a nice diversion. The kids love it, but then after a while, it just like gets all muggy and sludgy and obnoxious, Ugh. and you wish it stayed in Canada. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. That was a really extended and accurate <laughs> metaphor. It's it's um 
for the for the ski uh, slope though the ski slope. Ooh, I'm excited because I've been <laughs> skiing all day today. I'm also dead tired. Um, they were using like the man-made stuff. They had giant like woofy fan cannons just blowing it all over the place. That's so cool. And the, for some reason though, they had the black diamonds closed off. And I don't know if well, I guess Kite Tails knows about black diamonds, <laughs> yes, <I> but. Do. <laughs> That's that's the symbol that for some reason ski slopes use for harder sections of the area. And they had those closed off today, but I didn't know one of them was closed off until I was already on oh, it. Wow. <laughs> like instead of putting a bright yellow caution rope or something over the part of the slope they'd closed down, they just kind of like shoveled up a lump of snow wow. <laughs> around it. <laughs> and it looked kind of like a ramp, like it looked really deliberate. So Did you I jump off down. the ramp? I did. I jumped off the ramp and I tumbled down on my ass when I hit the ground and I looked around a bit and I noticed that the snow on this part of the slope was like really grungy and nasty and not like the rest. Uh. And and that there was also one of those like giant snow making cannons hmm. just like smack dab in the middle of what's supposed to be this black diamond ski slope. And uh, no one else was there. There weren't any tracks whatsoever in this this grungy, nasty snow. So I like thought about it and, and just decided that I wasn't supposed to be there. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, I mean, besides my foot cramping, it's, it's uh, nothing bad happened. I mean, no one almost died. It was fine. It was cool. Nice. Tight. Yeah. yeah. I recommend it, Kite Tales. I don't know. I recommend it if you, if you want to take another stab. I would understand why there would be traumatic memories associated yeah. with it, but it's still a lot of fun. And it also like made me realize all of the like sport athletic things that I've ever gotten myself into, ironically enough, are not games. Like I've always really liked skiing. I'm I'm super into bicycling. And when I was a kid, I I like spent half of my time rollerblading and stuff. It's just like alternate modes of transportation hmm. are awesome, but I've never been able to get into like competitive games that are sports. Just like too much social pressure. Ways to slide around at a faster rate than feet. What's yeah. that? What'd you say? Uh-oh, are we having technical difficulties? We did yeah. for a moment. We did for a moment, okay. but we're all here. <laughs> but, but before that, Alex said something that I missed. I said that it maybe it's because it's not socially, there's not like social pressure. Yeah. Yeah, it's like very freestyle creative. You just kind of like roll down a place or roll to a place and and enjoy the ride rather than like try to one up your friends at how much better you are at something than them, I guess. Yeah, I did like kids soccer for a really long time and I was always like really into like being good at soccer, but like I always got really I got really like bummed out about like all the like weird like bro social like hazing and like getting angry at people for like not doing great and like having to like run laps because you know drama I, I, I never yeah I never like got into that later in life when I was a kid I like played hockey competitively but I hated it and I guess uh I don't know that might be why it's a lot more uh easy to I guess be really competitive at something over the internet than in person with other people yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a lot less dangerous too <laughs> and and I mean I you don't have to like risk tearing up your friend's leg or something falling off the the ski or lift which stabbed. is cool I guess. I did rip the circle pad off of my 3DS playing Smash Bros Whoa. recently though. Speaking of which, 
I, you guys, I am really getting into this Smash Brothers thing. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I can handle it. <laughs> like, I'm doing nothing else right now. I decided to take a couple of weeks off bunny hop because I'm doing a bunch of traveling over the next two weeks. I'm, I'm running around New England right now. And the next week I'm going to D.C. for MAGFest. Yeah. And basically when I'm not out and about, I'm just playing Smash Brothers. <laughs> Are you what still playing Pac-Man? What is your favorite character? Oh, yeah. Pac-Man? I, I think it's either Pac-Man or Marth at this point. Hmm. I'm, I'm steadily narrowing it down. I was playing Lucina for a good long while before I moved on to Marth because it turns out that Marth is just a better Lucina. What? But, get out of here. Wait, really? <laughs> no, no, no. I want to know. I want to get good. Tell me what you think of that. I'm the Lucina man. I will fight. Okay. I will fight as Lucina forever. I love Lucina. There's less precision involved and it means that there's a lot less guesswork that you need to do. That's why well, that's probably also good for online lag. Yeah, that's true. That's how I feel about it. I mean, I'm diehard Lucina though, just because it's like because I like Lucina, uh, just from being a fan of Fire Emblem. Oh, but like, such mm-hmm. a good but game. like, yeah, it really <laughs> truly is. But I, I really do. I like think Lucina's better. Okay. Well, I have you tried Marth? Like, just kind of um, transferred your same skill set over to that character, and have you seen any different results? Because I feel like I might be getting slightly better results with Marth. <laughs> Yeah, just just I'll, by like hammering out the same moves. I'll be the first to say that uh, that Lucina is not the popular choice amongst players of Smash mm-hmm. Bros. And I have played as Marth, and it's totally fine. It's just like there's just little differences that I like. I'm I know Lucina, and I know and I know Marth fairly well, but I I, I just something about Lucina speaks to me more. I, I feel like I have more control over the situation. Is it because she's I, a girl? I feel like uh, I don't think so. Uh, so <laughs> does it? Does it? Does it? <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I thought that was a joke too. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> you well, asked you guys hey, know I got the joke. It's okay. I got it. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, my I, my other main is Jigglypuff, so maybe there is something to this. But I, I, I oh man, I no, so. I hate Jigglypuff players. Yeah, they do like, spam I, the sleep. Yeah, I've gotten that's because every sloppy. time. Every time you get beat by a Jigglypuff, it's super embarrassing. It feels like they lucked out, right? It's dumb. Yeah, yeah. Like they hit you at just the perfect pixel with with the stupid like sleep move that for some reason it makes no sense. Jigglypuff goes to sleep and that causes the other guy to fly off the stage. I don't get it because there's so much risk involved. Like like I'm art. Like I don't use the sleep as much as as most Jigglypuff players do. Probably that. That I, that's good because it leaves you wide open. Yeah, and and I, I I almost would say that it needs to be balanced better because I think there's too much of a. <laughs> they need to nerf the sleep. No, they need to nerf the they need to nerf the penalty. Like it's it's too harsh. Oh. It's too harsh a penalty. But but yeah. uh, like it's yeah, it's crazy to sleep that often. Like like a missed sleep will lose you the match. Yeah, because you're Jigglypuff. If you have anything over like forty percent, you're off the you're gone. It's it's enough time for the other player to get a full smash attack towards the edge in. And I I have seen Jigglypuff players even land a successful sleep attack and send me flying only for them to just glide off the stage that they if they do it in midair they'll retain their momentum in whatever direction they're going and if it's not if if my percentages wasn't high enough i can still recover while they'll just fly off the stage and lose a stock it's hilarious yeah now, which are, makes losing to them that much more embarrassing. <laughs> so now, are you playing? Are you playing like hardcore style, like no items, Final Destination? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get good at it before oh, I go Fox. to Magfest, and I know, I know, Matt. Matt knows what I'm like. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I, and this is why I've been practicing with Marth, even though I have been getting better results with Pac-Man because uh, Marth is, is more of a competitive character. And I feel like if I try, if I keep practicing with Pac-Man, I'm going to end up losing out on time that I could spend right. actually keeping up with the people at MAGFest as either Marth or Lucina. I've been having the same problem because I, you know, I just got my Wii U and of course I got Smash. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't get Wii U without Smash. That's and what I, you gotta nope. do, yeah. Yeah, and I started practicing and I, I was looking up all the tiers and everything and all the, the bad matches and I was looking up a bunch, a bunch of uh, tournament matches as well trying to see like, you know, wh- wh- what should I pick? What should I get into? And I've been having so much trouble like, what do I go into? I like Gamma but it seems like heavy characters are just getting rocked everywhere and i'm like i don't want to go into ganondorf and then i just get killed every time maybe you should move from ganondorf on to captain falcon oh i have yeah oh really i was actually practicing him that's gonna be scary then i don't know i've had a lot of success with donkey kong yeah, I've seen some good Donkey Kongs. I've seen a lot of good. But they changed it online, so that you actually. can't lift people and then jump off the cliff with them. <laughs> yeah, but you can with Bowser still, which is oh, hilarious. You can. I didn't know that. Oh, are you talking about how you can like suplex the yeah. other character off the <laughs> yeah. stage with you? Yeah, the Bowser. Someone <laughs> did that to me, but they forgot I had one more life than them. <laughs> so they just like sacrificed themselves to end the match prematurely. There's so many great moments. Yeah, and and I love how you can't chat with the other player. Yeah, oh, you guys have been playing like Smash. Oh yeah, oh. yeah. I mean, it, I I I not mean me not so much. I usually reserve that for Street Fighter. I tried it. I tried it, and it's laggy. <laughs> oh my yeah, god! The first time when I you tried it, I can't take it. It was too loud. One on one, it's not so bad. Yeah, I've had generally good results with the one on ones. You could pick that. You could pick one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. For glory, one on one. It's the only real way to play. <laughs> oh, gotcha. But then at that point, like, shouldn't you just be playing Street Fighter? Because aren't you just kind of like denying everything that Smash brings to the table? Dude, Street Fighter has too many buttons for me. What? Get out of here, <laughs> dude. It's Street Fighter has four more buttons than dude, Smash. It's simple the same... and complex at the same time. It's it's, it's had a the really same good six game. buttons. It's had the same six buttons that it's had for the past twenty five years. <laughs> I gotta move up to that. I'm gonna. I, I'm trying to actually get into Street Fighter, but as for now, I'm spending most of my time with Smash because I can bring it with me while traveling. I get it. I get it. Yeah. It's it's also like less heavy on the memorization. It's it's um, yeah. just more kind of like style and, and reaction times rather than hammering out really long memorized combos. Yeah, I guess I, I have like been playing my same character since the 90s. So like maybe. Mm. Yeah. Going up against that is tough, though. I'm not great. I'm I'm awful at the game. I just I want to I want to get good so bad. Me too. Because um, yeah, I bought a TE stick. Even I bought like a Mad Cat's stick. Oh Ooh, gosh, nice. you're talking about Street Fighter. Yeah, oh. I was talking about you know, whatever. Yeah, well, I've been <laughs> wanting to get a stick as well. Both stick though. Again, Me so. too. Me fucking too. <laughs> <laughs> They're like seventy five dollars. No, for a cheapo. You try. You, yeah, for, you, for you a secondhand go good one, one you might be able to get. George, you just I always go for the cheap things. You just got. You just got put down. It's a good investment for one game. It's a good investment. You can use it for other games. You can use yeah. it for, you know, Guilty Gear or whatever yeah. also. I, I like King of Fighters sometimes. King of Fighters, I don't think you can properly play without a stick. I love King of Fighters too. I, I will say that I love that game, but it's just not, there's no community around it. I, I was never able to even get through the tutorial of King of Fighters 13, and I, I blame my controller. <laughs> what what were you playing it on? Uh, an Xbox pad. I, I, I don't know. I I I'm 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 pretty I'm pretty down with playing on a on a game controller like even the PS3 controller which is like in my opinion like the worst controller ever 
I, I can still play Street Fighter on it. You just gotta like put like Street Fighter is definitely a game that puts a wall in front of you that you gotta like get through. You know, in much in the same way mm-hmm. that Monster Hunter does or something like that. Whereas Smash, you just like every character has the same moves. You know. Yeah. And so it's so there's just that thing, and you know it feels ungainly, but like you get there. I'm gonna get there someday. Someday. I'm surprised how. Um, well, actually, I, I, I've been able to keep up with like my friends in real life, but once I like try to play online, it's it's a whole other ball game. Like I have friends of mine who have been into fighting games all their lives, and after like practicing for a week with Street Fighter, I was finally able to start winning or losing like matches at a fifty fifty rate with them. But online, my current Smash win rate is something like thirty two percent. It's really embarrassing. On Smash? Yeah. Wow. I wish there was an arcade experience for Smash because that was really the thing that really started to like first open my eyes to like how Street Fighter works is like that at my college like student union they had a couple <laughs> machines underneath the you know down in the arcade and mm-hmm. being able to like sit there and play with people who like that's their whole life and it's like all about like this there's almost like a social aspect of like sitting there next to someone that you don't know and fighting them and trying to like outguess them it's really like that's the that's the tip is to to be fair i mean smash is like meant to be played in like a hot sweaty room full of guys crowding (laughs) around a little gamecube with like pizza and beer everywhere and i try to make it happen every week except for me it was water and cheetos growing up water water and cheetos yeah Yeah. i mean for middle school right yeah my sister used to do uh oreo o's and pepsi in a bowl together that's probably good because then, well, you're going to get your Cheeto shit Oreos all over the controller. Oreos and Pepsi in a bowl? <laughs> yeah, my sister is weird. I hope she never listens to this. Whoa. <laughs> She'll be so mad at me. And I hope she doesn't get offended that I said you, but that was my first reaction. So. No, that's, no, it, <laughs> no. Is, it is extremely yeah, gross. No, I'm with you. Yeah, we all agree. Yeah. Unanimous. It's real. It's- <laughs> Alex's sister is super gross. Yeah. Don't hang out with her. Okay, She'll the, make you the eat 90s, her gross the stuff. The 90s version, the 90s version of my sister when Oreo still existed, she was gross. <laughs> Now she has no more opportunity to be gross. Oreo uh, still, still exists. Um, do they? Sort of. Yeah, yeah but yeah. Oreo O's. Yeah, they do. It was, it was like this there. They just, you know, cereal. you have to blow some dust oh. off of them from Publix <laughs> or whatever. But, you know, oh, my God. Yeah. My favorite. <laughs> just <laughs> Oreo O's. Didn't we get the birthday edition, uh, George? Yes, one day? I saw those. Yeah, those were really freaking birthday good. Birthday cake icing? Yeah, I just the saw them like cake a Oreos. couple weeks ago. Were they good? You should buy them. Yeah. Yes. Ooh. Very good. <laughs> if there is anything worth dying of diabetes over, it is <laughs> those <laughs> goddamn birthday cake Oreos. I'm going to try them next time I see them. We did, uh, because there was sort of like a meme about ice cream sandwiches in the office. And uh, we, I, I don't even know if I can explain it better than that, but we, we, we ended up buying a lot of different kinds of ice cream sandwiches like every week. And we ended up with the, uh, the birthday cake, like Thrifty's ice cream, ice cream sandwiches. Mm. And like those were killer. That sounds amazing. Yeah, they like, really, I don't know why there aren't more like Oreo variant ice cream sandwiches or just like the ideas that Oreos have. Like, yeah, but that, I think that, I saw that, a root beer float Oreo one too. Oh, yeah, that's that's mm. getting into the territory of like maybe we shouldn't flavor a cookie <laughs> of it like that, <laughs> right. I, I think I mentioned before my failed kitchen experiment trying to make these cute little treats I saw on the internet. It was a uh, 
a cookie stuffed with an Oreo with also a Reese's peanut butter cup inside of it. Oh, Whoa. I listened and to wow. it, so I felt like I was yeah. there. In the picture, it looked great. It looked like a tasty little indulgent treat, but in real life, when I bit into it, it just tasted like salt. <laughs> it was because of the peanut butter cup. It turns out that those things are like super duper salty when you have other flavors to cancel like the chocolate and the peanut butter out. You just taste salt. I can get yeah. down on it, though, to be real. I love salt. I, I don't know. I mean, after <laughs> experiencing it in person, it's 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 uh it's it's something. I mean, I'm having flashbacks right now thinking about it. <laughs> I used salt um, recently to cook burgers on. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever heard of the uh, the the fish salt clay oven type deal, where like some really fancy chefs will make a giant mound of salt and cook a fish inside of that? That's basically what I did, except with a burger. Like my roommate, I, I got him a gourmet, like almost like loot crate, but it's like gourmet food stuffs and they sent him a glute big, crate like, like loot crate not glute crate <laughs> uh, and uh, it was like half of the box was taken up by like a brick of like pink Himalayan salt and I was like why would they send so much salt and then I realized oh it's like a thing that you use like instead of a pan to like cook wow. on you, you heat it and it seasons the meat as you cook it it's pretty tight Oh, but it's snap. also going to make it super duper salty. It's like pretty mild, actually. It actually doesn't like depreciate that much, like the salt itself. Huh. It's pretty tight. Check it that out. That sounds cool. Yeah. I will. I will. In the meantime, though, I mean, here on the TOVG podcast, we love to talk about treats and skiing. And also, I don't know, every week we go on this thing about fighting games. Have we played anything that's not a fighting game recently? Does Pokemon count as a fighting game? I've been not playing really. Fantasy no. Life. How's that? I love it. I got that from my girlfriend and she like disappeared into it. It's so addicding. <laughs> yeah. I have that's this really pretty, weird image of that now. <laughs> She's getting sucked in. She just is a blacksmith in the in the world of fantasy life now. <laughs> Living out the rest of her days like that episode of The Next Generation where oh, Picard man. like lives a whole life. Oh man. So so how how does fantasy life work? I I I regret to to inform everyone that I'm I'm not up to date on my fantasy life news. What is what is fantasy <laughs> life? So it's for the 3DS. I would best mm-hmm. describe it as a mixture between like Harvest Moon, Animal Crossing and Monster Hunter. I don't know. You have a that's character. an interesting. It's kind of MMO. Yeah, if I understand, not like the other. <laughs> That's yeah. It, just, it all just blends together. There's like twelve different roles you can do. So you level up your skill in fishing or cooking, or you can be a paladin or a hunter, and then you just go out into the world and fight things and advance in the story. And there's a butterfly, and you can have pets, which is cool. <laughs> So There's a butterfly. I'm probably describing it in a way that makes it sound really appealing to certain kind of people. You know, yeah, that's you what it say. Like, there oh was one gosh, butterfly. That game, that game sounds so cute. I want to get it. Yeah. Well, no, it's, I, I, it was described to me as like an MMO without the commitment, and it's just like at your own pace, and you can just kind of like do yeah, whatever yeah. and and right. kind of like follow your fancy, and it's but it has like a kind of RPG like hardcoreness about it too. Yeah, it's like a cute version of. Diablo, I don't know. Ooh, <laughs> I'm, I'm liking sounds, all these. Is it Diablo three a cute it's version of Diablo? <laughs> uh, Diablo three is just yeah. There's a quaint Are version still of Diablo. joking about that. Yeah. Anyways, the console version is pretty good. 
People have said that. Yeah, try it out. I, I've I've heard many people say they actually prefer Diablo three on on console hmm. rather than oh, PC. Yeah, it's it's. Oh, I played it with my wife for hours. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely meant to actually that I was hearing so much of this stuff from. Yeah. This, this sacrilegious talk. <laughs> definitely meant to be for consoles. I think it felt like to me. Interesting. I, I definitely have to pick up Fantasy Life then. I, I mean, I might have to pick it up February 13th, you know what I'm saying? With that new Wii yeah. U. I hear oh, that. yeah. No, you, you yeah. really should, though. It's just a good little time sink, but it's it's a good game. I like it. I pretend like I'm going to play other 3DS games, but once Monster Hunter 4 comes out... <laughs> That's it. La- later. Later, everybody. <laughs> it's going to be another eight months till I'm on the podcast again. Oh, you only played eight months. Pfft. Didn't even make it past the tutorial. <laughs> Roasted. I, I, I don't, it's just like amazing hearing how how long Monster Hunter games can actually last people. <laughs> it, it is it is crazy how quickly I got to like the 200 hour mark. Wow. Oh my. Uh, wow. It took well. It, I guess it took exactly 200 hours, but it it felt like a lot less time. There are few and far between games that I have ever played. Like, I think they're all like Bethesda involved, really, really big open world RPGs. I, oh, I I can't imagine like keeping, keeping something unlike that up for 200 hours. It's all about the gameplay loop. It's the same thing like with Pokemon or something like that. Like mm-hmm. once you beat it, there's not really any motivation to continue playing it except that you want to get a better team. It's almost like a collectible card game or something. It's like uh, with Monster Hunter, it's all just like, well, I can beat pretty much every monster in the game, but now I want to now my new project is to like get this armor. So I'm going to do that now, and now it requires me to do all this stuff again. So here I go. Come on, friends, let's go. <laughs> so does it loses it it's challenge uh once you beat it no like it like once you once you like get to the point where you pretty much have like dominion over the plot of the game and everything like that and then you that's like when the real game starts mm. and you challenge all the like different wow. sounds like color game sounds like an mmo so that's the <laughs> tutorial the whole rest of the game yeah and then it's to the point where it's like okay now i'm gonna fight five monsters at once and that's how i get this like that's how oh, i God. that's how i get this really good armor and then finally i'll fight that one monster that's like literally impossible you know it's like that it's like it never ends wow uh, speaking of things that never end, um, <laughs> Hideki Kamiya's blocking rampage on Twitter is something that never ends. I found out yes, or not yesterday, last week that I was blocked by Hideki Kamiya on Twitter, like a lot of people. And I remember why, like he, he blocks people who ask him questions sometimes, unless there are questions you want to answer. And like six months ago, I kid you not, an entire half year ago, I just asked Hideki Kamiya if he was looking forward to Metal Gear Solid 5. <laughs> and he blocked him? And wow. I didn't get a response for six months until last week when he blocked me. <laughs> That's crazy. I want to try hilarious. asking a question now. I've read, I, I get, I go down the Kamiya hole sometimes. I like, it's I'm, a great hole to go down. I just read his Twitter and like the things that he replies to and the things that people block him for. It's like so interesting. That guy like figured like, it out. He figured out Twitter. He, he won. Are you sure? Like, he could just not answer questions. He could just, like, not block people. He, he's, like, completely troll-proof, though. It's, like, unbelievable. He, like, he's never going to... No. 
He's, if, if you're troll proof, that means you're not feeding the trolls. Hideki Kamiya is hilarious because he responds to everyone by getting pissed off at them and then blocking them and saying it every time. But he never has to. He never has to like go round two after he's fed the troll. Like the troll, the troll it gets an empty victory because the troll is just completely cut off from ever speaking to him again. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I, I I might be able to email him someday. Like I don't know. I'm going to be putting out a review for Evil. Wait, no, that's that's another guy. And I'm going to be putting out a review for Bayonetta 2 like soon. I I mean, I have I I might have someone who knows someone who knows him in my email contacts list somewhere. And then you're going to be like, how can you block me on Twitter? Yeah, I'm going to meet him at GDC and ask him, why did you block me on Twitter? You know what he's going to do? He's going to get in a car and drive away. <laughs> Is he going to block me in real life? Yeah, he's just going to block suck. you. Yeah. Wow. Okay. He's going to get a restraining okay. order against you. <laughs> so so we began the day with this horrifying story of, of a ski accident. <laughs> and we, we are ending this, this, this small talk segment with a horrifying story about me forever losing access for the rest of my entire <laughs> life to someone who I would like to learn from. And I guess um, <laughs> that might be a nice and depressing place to take a break before we move on to news in about... What do we say? 90 seconds. That sounds like a good break. Great. Yeah. Yeah. All right. After these messages, we'll be back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Some people are content to be entertained by simple one-color electronics. <laughs> Somehow, these people have just never heard of Game Gear, the multicolor portable from Sega with tons of new titles. Yeah, some people are like that. But then some people like to eat pickled pork lips. TurboGrafx-16 is about to knock video games back into the Stone Age. It's 10,000 years ago. You're a cave dude. You are carnivorous. You've got to bonk 28 stages of prehistoric bad guys to rescue your excellent-looking princess. And you've only got one weapon. Bonk's Adventure. Buy TurboGrafx-16 now and get one of 38 selected games free. Hello and welcome back to the TOVG podcast. We have returned from what I am sure is less than 90 seconds for the listeners. Uh, <laughs> we traveled through time and space to bring you word that Joystick is no longer scoring reviews, which is a uh, interesting story this week. I don't know, like nothing really super big has happened so far. I've kind of been off the radar anyway, but um, there was a lot of talk around this. Around um, 2010 is when Joystick started reviewing scores. They cropped up fairly late uh, in comparison to like a lot of other current relevant video game websites around like 2000. Was was it like seven? The joystick started becoming a thing. Maybe that it was sounds, six. That sounds about right. I remember it like around the tail end of college. They didn't even start doing reviews until 2009. They started attaching a numerical score to it in 2010. They've traditionally used a five point rating system, and now they don't like it because um, Metacritic interprets every one of those points as being worth 20 Metacritic points, which they don't agree with, and also. Um, just like a lot of uh, 
the the backlash that they got for their Halo Master Chief collection is um, partly being cited as reason for them to just do a go away with scores entirely. Because I don't know if you guys followed this little episode of drama, but um, Joystick gave a 4.5 out of 5 review to Halo Master Chief. The same guy who wrote the review then wrote an editorial damning the game's uh, broken matchmaking. And commenters, like, <laughs> chewed this guy in and out. And... Um, and he he seems it's the same guy also writing this thing saying that he's going to do away with scores entirely which is a move that i for one partially totally agree with i just said partially totally because it's kind of complicated but i like it i wouldn't mind seeing more sites do it he seems to think that a lot of the um concerns readers were having over that particular review and how the score did not reflect what they felt was broken about the game even though the text of the review mentioned what they felt was uh broken but you know with something like the halo master chief collection you still have like three solid campaigns of one very um remastered game in Halo 2 that no one's played before so that contributed mostly to the positivity of it but it turns out that after launch the actual customers had different priorities yeah it, it, so when he reviewed it um, he didn't get to do the online matchmaking right I'm assuming right because it, it seems he, like this happens too, too much that you know he did uh, at a press event yeah. which is like kind of a problem and he did mention that it was like really glitchy and and shoddy even at the press event but i guess still even if you like spend a weekend at a press event playing a game that like works fine 80 percent of the time it's guys like hard to tell that it's the other 20 percent of the time that you might have spent doing the matchmaking that customers end up buying the thing for and caring about the most I I I it's weird. It's really weird because here's the thing. I don't I don't have an opinion either way about like scores on a on a review. Mm-hmm. I I think that depending on, you know, what your like sort of like manifesto is as a website kind of just determines like whether or not you're going to use a, you know, a review score. Mm-hmm. But it it feels like there's like two like really unrelated like elements at play here one of which is like the fact that like patches can happen now mm-hmm. yeah that's another reason why they want to do away changes. with them is because like even today cause... even today uh sonic boom got patched <laughs> did they take out the the knuckle jump i don't know it was a it was a it was a gig patch that removed a large majority of the glitches of the game uh to, to what i understand and and so that's so that's like a problem that's like just like an editorial and logistical problem, right? Like that's like mm-hmm. um, now maybe our score is inaccurate, which is like I guess understandable. But then the other one sounds like it's just like readers are too emotionally invested in our reviews and our on our and our like and we're having to deal with like people yelling at us for things they don't fully understand, right? Which maybe which which it's also which like- kind of. S- <laughs> To, to be know. fair, I feel like it there's is always really, logic really, to it. It is really hard to fully understand a game in the short amount of time it takes to review it. Exactly. Like you don't have like imagine something like Monster Hunter that that you could play for over 200 hours and still not see the entirety of. Like how do you how do you review something like that? How do you review well, I don't think Skyrim? a review I don't think a review has ever been a comprehensive assessment, you know? That's why. I I and I, and I think that's why it's a problem is because People like the majority of people who read reviews who get angry about them, whether unless it has to do with some sort of like social issue, like uh, when uh, on Polygon he gave Bayonetta a low score because it objectified women or something like that, which is like a whole other can of worms. Like, 
in this case, mm-hmm. in this case, it's it's a review by a critic of a game. You know what I mean? It's not like the final word on whether right. this game is good and whether it goes to heaven or hell. And so like and so like it's a situation where people are like up in arms about it because they have their own opinion and they don't understand that they're just screaming at somebody who just also gave their opinion. And I, I and I don't understand why like people are having to be held accountable for their reviews any further than that they gave their opinion of the game from what they saw. I feel like... Well, I guess the idea is that the opinion is an expert opinion, like somewhat qualified to make a fair assessment of the thing, but it's it's like... qualified, It's so complicated. No, are they qualified? And that's another weird thing. Some of them don't even play the game. I'm not saying all of them, but a lot of the reviews I've seen, and I'm like, do they play the full game? And they just toss it out. Like, seriously. I remember there was one episode of that happening. Like, I haven't seen that happen on big, like, big major titles. websites as publicly as it did with a review spot that IGN put out of. Really? How can you tell? It, because I play the game myself. It, it's it's like, it's like they won't. Oh, yeah. They won't, I've seen yeah. that, too. Or they yeah, mention like, something like, oh, this game doesn't feature enough of this. And then you play the game and you're like, wait. Did you actually play it? Because it features a whole entire 62 right. episodes of this. It's like well, they're rushing other... throughout the whole thing, and it's like they toss out a score, and it's like, here you go. And it seems like a lot of it's like that from what I've seen, and that's why I don't even I don't even bother. If I look that's up a, a review, I, I probably go to another YouTuber uh, that that's knows another, what, you know, a, what they, um, they know what they're talking about. They played the game. There like was Angry a, Joe, for instance. Angry Joe plays the game. He gets it, plays the game for hours, and then, you know, takes it apart if he wants. Like, something like that. You know, these reviewers, they, they have to get it out by a certain time. There's, you know, there's time constraints and everything like that. And it, even with the Dragon uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, some of those reviews, I'm like, you you say you love it, but did, did you play it? <laughs> did, did you play it? And I like Inquisition, but, like, some of the stuff that they were saying, I was like, I don't think you played it. But, but here's the thing. Like, the only real qualification they need to have like even in, in any in any like critic like critical writing position at a, at a website or a publication of any kind right you're getting hired because you're a good writer uh who yeah who's who's you know able to express their opinion right and, and i i don't think i don't think i think maybe it would be more responsible for some people to explain how much of the game they actually played uh for their review but like i'm not i'm not talking about like the ethics of of like whether or not people are telling the truth. I'm merely talking about like people read these reviews and they assume that it's like that there's some sort like that it has any law. sort of yeah that it's some sort of worth that it has some sort of worth and I, I and like it, it does. It, Do we blame? Can we blame Metacritic for that? Because that's another reason they wanted to get rid of scoring. Can we really blame anybody besides the people who read the reviews for that? For holding them to this high standard that their word is infallible, and because that's not because in my in my opinion, but how can their word be infallible no, if I'm it's a subjective assessment? That's of what like people art treat it so as. Yeah, that's what it's, it's yeah, like, that's what they're saying. It's like they're 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 telling people that like how dare you like yeah, how dare know, you write this of, like why are you getting so it's an opinion right so it's just one person's take on it but I think what he's trying to say oh. is a lot of people treat it as if it's got more. Validity. That it means anything yeah. besides what it means. Yeah. Yeah, that's Okay. 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 Like <laughs> to like clear things up. <laughs> I mean <laughs> he in 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 the article, like 
saying that Joystick is no longer going to be attaching numbers to review score. He cites Metacritic's um, numerical representation, representation not fairly representing Joystick's uh, numerical representation in their own scoring system as a reason they want to do away with it. They cite patches and updates and the ever-changing nature of, of a lot of online games that are constantly being expanded uh, as a way of obsoleting reviews very quickly as a reason of um, changing it. And also of um, how reviews tend to get read the most and also matter the most on day one, like right when a publisher lifts the embargo and before those day one sales are out as as a reason to kind of like get rid of a score as a way of, of definitively assessing the quality of a subjective weird art thing with like a really simple, easy to understand number, which is like not practical for a whole lot of like other reasons. But but like those right there are uh, are what what the guy himself is citing. And, and I totally I mean, I'm, I'm like with it. I would like to see other sites take a stab at it. The primary motivation at all just seems to be uh, funneling traffic from from Metacritic or maybe like, will people stop clicking on reviews if they don't have a number? Like, I want to know if that if that's how it will work or not. There's been like successful magazines that don't that don't. Uh, well, I mean, successful magazines is sort of like an oxymoron at this point. But I mean, in in the past, there have been there have been magazines that have been successful that don't use you know numbered review scores but for me mm-hmm. it's just a situation of like okay like metacritic what's what's the what's the downside of metacritic representing your score as 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 you know on a scale of 100 i cuz um their scale is a 5 point system not out of 100 points so i guess whatever he felt was wrong with with this halo game that was worth knocking off half a point in his review ended up um being considered a 90 out of 100 on Metacritic, which he thought was, was like, too much or something. I don't know. Like, trying to actually explain but that's exa- I mean, I don't the know. number like, is fraction- ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. And, and, I, and I don't think that they should have to. And I, and I don't understand why... Like, if the, if the criticism of the review is that you don't know how to review this game, like... What what is the person reading the review for if they don't trust anyone's opinion of the game over their own? Do you know what I mean? Like if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna read a review that gives a game a bad score and then get mad at the reviewer for giving it that score because you think that they shouldn't have done that, like why did you decide to trust a reviewer in the first place if you thought you knew better than them anyway. Some people want to also I, justify their purchase. You know, they want they want to look at a review yeah, like, yeah, this game true. is awesome and they want to mm-hmm. they want to justify like, yeah, I bought this game, everyone likes it, even my favorite YouTuber, even my favorite journalist, you know, likes it. But that sounds like it's on you at that right, point. Right. Wanna, yeah. I also think a lot of people don't want to see things that they like criticized too if they think the criticism has no Fanboys. basis. But that's like you're 1984ing yourself. I don't know. I didn't like when a lot of people jumped on the Bioshock Infinite hate bandwagon just because everyone else well, like, hated on it, and so I should too. I I liked it, and I feel like I'm a minority saying that. But 
I don't know. And Bioshock no. Infinite? No, yeah. a lot really? of people liked I, Bioshock. I thought that that was like well known as like one of the greatest games know. of the last generation. I was so much hate for it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, because I don't know. Hipsters, the people I hang out with <laughs> don't like, like it. So many of them now. Like it's just like, oh, Bioshock <laughs> Infinite? No, it's not that good. Uh, Ninety credits. Nah, like, <laughs> well, look at look at look at uh, for example, like uh, Assassin's Creed Unity. Right. That was a game that is not like everybody said it is like awful. Okay, like it got it, it tanked, right? Like the the company apologized and gave people free stuff because of how bad the game was, right? And regardless of what you think of Assassin's Creed's gameplay and stuff like that, like because that's that's the stuff where it's like a matter of like, well, do you like this or not as right. a person? But like the 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 reason obviously was because you know on the PC version of the game. Before you installed the day one patch, there was a glitch where someone's face didn't show up. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the game runs at a low frame rate. But, like, how much does that really affect your enjoyment of the game? How much how much weight really needs to be given to that? And, how, like, and what does it matter what anybody says about it? You know what I mean? Because it's hard now to it's- say. The answers to those questions are going to change depending on every single human being exactly. who experiences those problems. Yeah. Exactly. And so... So like I don't think in that in that situation, right? That's another situation because now now it's not the player's responsibility, it's not the journalist's responsibility, the critic's responsibility. It's the, you know, if 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 Ubisoft feels like bad reviews were unfair, they should have put a better product out when they put it out instead of instead of uh, you know, patching it later. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I doubt like, anyone would then, argue then against that. It's like but I like, for example, like I love Assassin's Creed Unity. I, I really had a great time with it. I played it. I'm 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 gonna complete the game. I'm 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 loving every moment that I spent with it. And I personally didn't experience any glitches, right? So, mm-hmm. but am I gonna turn around and say like, "Hey, Polygon, go fuck yourself"? I can't believe that you said that. You know what I mean? Like, I can't believe that you said Ubisoft was being irresponsible. <laughs> you could if you wanted to. Yeah, I could if I wanted to, <laughs> but I would never do that because logically, it's not their responsibility. It's Ubisoft's responsibility, if anyone's. And I'm not even mad at them because I enjoyed the game. Right. Anyways, I mean, like moving on to things that big publishers do that spawn angry comments um, based off of works assessing their own work. Um, That was a segue. Microsoft has released official usage licensing rules for Let's Plays and video content. Uh, So they've joined a lot of other... uh, Well, not a lot, a small handful, actually, of other video game companies that have an official document that kind of explains what kind of videos you can and cannot make about their video games. Well, I mean, how you can use footage of their videos and and what you can and cannot do with it. And it's uh, I guess. I, I, on one hand, I want to say that these rules are like better than having no rules and having like no basis whatsoever for them to just like copyright strike YouTube videos they don't like. But on the other hand, like some of the rules just just strike me as is really fishy. Like way in the earlier ones of this document, they they set up a really easy URL for it. It's just xbox.com/nusdevelopersrules. Anyways, <clears throat> you can't reverse engineer our games to access the assets or otherwise do things that the games don't normally permit in order to create your items 
And in, mm-hmm. in this I, document items refers to the derivative works of people who make derivative videos about their video games. Um, you also cannot use game content to create an item that is pornographic, lewd, obscene, vulgar, discriminatory. What? Uh, which I guess like does, does like weird source filmmaker gifs of like master chief banging master chief count for that? Like how I, I don't They're know. They're just well, covering um, their ass. You're there's no about, way. I think so. I don't know if they can actually enforce something like that. Wait a minute. Mike, Microsoft games only like, yeah. I mean, who, they don't have dominion over anything not else. X, not Xbox yeah, it's, games, right? Microsoft no, games. No, no, just Microsoft published oh, so games. Essentially, okay. So essentially, micro, so it's essentially Halo and Minecraft and I guess... And Forza. And I guess, so if, I guess if Rise. You extracted, if you extracted the models of cars from Forza and put them in Source Filmmaker and made them bang each other and made a GIF out of it, they could. you would be breaking these yeah, rules. you'd technically wow. be in breach. You, you should feel like a very bad person for <laughs> breaking the xbox rules uh yeah so um yeah i I feel like i feel like maybe i feel like maybe i I don't know i feel like maybe this is a situation where they're trying to avoid like one specific thing uh which is like industry fallout for like something that's not their fault uh and it's just a situation where they had to put these rules out, and now they're just bracing behind a turned-over desk to wait for the backlash to wash away before people realize that they can just keep doing exactly what they're doing. I I would hope so. Like, I would hate to start seeing actual videos, like, giving people tutorials on how to, like, extract models with, like, XNA Sora or something and put them in other games as <laughs> some kind of violation of some kind of Microsoft licensing document that has no basis in an actual real court of law. It would just cost them so much money and legal fees to, like, come after everybody that does this it's the same thing as like downloading music it's like well we just want to make it clear that we don't think you should do this uh so that when we find that guy who is you know running his own like deep web itunes for free like we can take him down with some sort of legal precedent it's it's weird like it seems like the whole idea of this thing is to like clarify what to do with let's players making money off of their product but they end up going into this stuff about um like hacking and and modding and porn and weird things. I think that's and I think that's a byproduct probably of of the fact that they now own Minecraft. I I guess and that oh well actually they have a clause <laughs> in this document saying that Minecraft is excluded from these rules. Well because oh. because uh because uh Mojang or Mojang or however you pronounce Mojang. it has their own uh thing exactly Mojang. like this. Right. Mojang. Mojang has has their own their own rules. You gotta follow their rules when you use Mojang footage. And then you got sorry, you gotta follow Microsoft rules when you use Microsoft footage and it's confusing. They actually want you to paste a uh a um like copyright notice at the bottom of your video if you use Microsoft footage that says something like parentheses C twenty fourteen Microsoft Game Studios with links to this rule. <laughs> well, because here's the here's the problem. It's just, it's just gonna be a situation where people are gonna do it and then if Microsoft comes after everybody, uh they're just gonna stop giving any sort of internet coverage to any game Microsoft makes. 
I don't know. I mean, Halo's always gonna get lots and lots of views if uh, if it's Halo anything on the video. Like, I think my 2014 video had Halo tagged somewhere in it, and it seemed to work out but okay if Mike, for me. But if Microsoft came after you, would you ever make a video about Halo again? I might. Like, I, it depends on how easy the rules are to follow. Like, what if the bullshit that I have to put up with is not ultimately worth more than the bullshit of not putting up with it? Then so did you? I, so did you put this in your in your uh, 2014 video? Did you did you put the link in the in the description? This didn't happen when I was um, making my 2014 video. Oh, oh, okay. I thought you meant that that was coming up. Oh no, you put it but out I last guess, week. I guess. Yeah, it was it was a while ago, <sighs> but I might have to from now on. I mean, I guess I'll just see how how diligent they are about enforcing this stuff. That's the thing. I I it's so silly. I I, I don't understand why people wouldn't just take it case by case if they're trying. Like the mm-hmm. whole point. Like at, they turn around and then it's like they also have like a stable of of you know creators that's like their ambas- brand ambassadors that they, they can let them do whatever they want. And then it's like, well, like the red versus blue guys, yeah, rooster teeth, yeah, or like, uh, you know, our office, for example, we have a really good relationship with Nintendo, and they send us, you know, all kinds of like we had Smash weeks early so that we could, comp- which is fortunate because Nintendo's traditionally been like really stingy about right. let's players, exactly, and so like, you know, and it, and Nintendo's changed their tune like three or four times too, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like, remember when they were like, okay, you can't stream the Smash matches at Evo, and the internet was like, what the fuck? And then they were like, oh, just And then kidding. they changed their mind like four hours later. Yeah, they were like, later. whoops, uh, never mind, did I say no? I meant yeah. yes. <laughs> it's just silly that they even try to control everyone on the internet. You can't... Uh, <sighs> In so many examples of companies trying to control what their fans do, it just ends in heartbreak for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got some good community questions that uh, we can roll through right quick before wrapping up tonight. Um, Nano Games wants to ask... Oh, this is a fun one. He got this from a Two Best Friends cast a few weeks ago. <clears throat> Combine the last movie you saw and the last game you played into a video game. What is your movie? What is your game? And what did you end up with? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Well, well, how do you combine the titles, or you just combine combine the? Plot? I, I guess the concept, may, maybe the gameplay in a new setting, or maybe like tricks and gimmicks and, and gamey type stuff from the movie in a uh, in a in a different place. Like I know I know what mine would be. And it would be great. It would be Samurai Cop Smash Brothers. Ooh, that <laughs> sounds great. cool. Every in, <laughs> instead of of the victory screen with the fighters like swooping around in a taunt, it would just play that boom no 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 noise <laughs> and close up on them making a stupid face. You really should play uh, Samurai Gun if you haven't. Samurai gun. Uh, I'll 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 think about it after I start d- pitching design 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 documents. I've got like that you sound on my head <laughs> when I start uh, pitching design documents for Samurai Cop Smash Bros. Yeah, there you go. Because because it would just be like great, like Robert Zadar's like side smash attack could be him like headbutting people with his jowls. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many good ideas. Yeah. Uh, oh, mine last will be Shutter yeah. Island and Elite Dangerous, which is a little bit weird. <laughs> um, I guess Leonardo yeah, DiCaprio yeah. would fly away in a spaceship uh, um, with his insane 
people with him. I, I don't know. It'd be weird. <laughs> Maybe it could be like everyone's crazy. Some kind it'll of be like thriller. kind of like Mad Max. And I would totally space it. play that. A, a thriller slasher beat em up, but with spaceships. Yeah. And Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio could be a narrator. Yeah. <laughs> he could. Oh, he'd be telling <laughs> his life he was, story. He was the spaceship the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> what, about, what about you other guys? I guess mine would be what, what Fantasy is, Light yeah. and the third Lord of the Rings Hobbit movie. Hobbit. But that already is a fantasy I life. I know, that's why it, like, doesn't, it's already kind of like that. It'll just be a theme. That would be Mine a, a is theme. boring. That, Yours would be Elder Scrolls Online. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the most, it's, no, like, it's not boring. It's realistically accomplishable in the current market climate. Yeah, yeah that's true. Uh, that's, that's the same thing, right? Yeah, yeah. I like well, the way you phrased it. Last the last movie that I watched was Harry Potter One, and the last game that I played was Pokemon. So I guess my Ooh. game would just my game would just be Nino Cooney, right? <laughs> I love Nino Cooney. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Yeah, Nino it Cooney. would. Train Quidditch yeah. players and make That's them like fight good, each yeah. other. It would be like Nino Cooney, but with Pikachu and Harry Potter's the boy. Man, All I right. couldn't stand the Harry Potter movies. I really didn't like the first two very much. They're very sort of like, sort of like bland adaptations. But with the th- once the third one came out, I was like, okay, okay. I don't know. I just feel like I, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. I stood in line for the opening of Harry Potter World at Universal Studios for eight hours. Oh my god! Yeah, and I loved the books, but I thought it was terrible how in the movies they can't make his eyes green. I don't know. I- <laughs> It's, I think so, really that's what weird it, well, it's about. such a big part of the story so once you get to book seven and you understand why oh this is why he's like that is because of his green eyes and I don't know I just that's sort of that's sort of the like the the the, the classic pratfall of like adapting such a popular book yeah yeah because like with like for example like I'm a really big fan of the book inherent vice and uh, I saw the movie and I loved it uh very good movie but they're not they're almost like I guess they're basically the same story but like so much is different about the movie than the book that it's just like you know how a traditional adaptation is done yeah Yeah. you you should watch Aragon everyone should watch Aragon after reading the book of course Oh my After god, that book. movie is crazy. Oh yeah, it's oh it's crazy good. It's crazy. Oh, <laughs> amazing. That's why everyone remembers yeah. it. Oh, that's my why they gosh. made That's why I haven't I, that's why I've heard the word Aragon that's why they made, spoken in the last like 6 that's years. That's why they made all the other movies. Just did it. Mhm. So, okay, we got another one. Um Tom GG Tom G555 asks George, "How far is your toothbrush from your toilet?" <laughs> And and I know what he's getting at. Yeah, very very funny. Fine, I guess like fine to answer your question like five feet. But Bart you know particles. what? That doesn't make me feel any better about it. Mm-hmm. What did you do? It, it's it's a stupid inside joke from the last podcast where where I found out that everyone else in the world really likes to use their electronics on the toilet. You know what? At least the toothbrush is like above the toilet and a bit away from the toilet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think maybe they're talking about like the toilet mist that comes up. I don't know. Yeah, I don't want that shit on my electronics. Okay, the toothbrush is behind a closed medicine cabinet door. It is. Oh, you fine. keep your toothbrush in a medicine cabinet? 
Oh, yeah, like a normal person. Well, I don't. Well, doesn't that make it so the sunlight can't reach it and oh, kill yeah, off so, the stuff? Yeah. So the stuff kind of grows you guys into are so it. Weird. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I have a separate bathroom. Something just is growing. Just for my toothbrush. You guys toothbrush are just, George. just. I can't. I can't believe that. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I use my. I use my and, phone on the toilet, but that's it. That's that's. Think of the poop wafts, like, like the the air that you're contaminating no. poop, it. Poop wafts are not a thing. I I. <laughs> I think about, will think probably about, look it up and find out you're right, but I still don't want to be wrong. So think about how many people fart on one airplane ride. Ew. <laughs> that's a lot of fart. And oh that is like gosh. pressurized. That's heard, like pressurized air. I heard oh about someone God. who went to take care of a horse, and the horse farted, and both the caretakers got pink eye. Yeah, what? that's wow. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, is that this, the this podcast thing? has what? gone into all sorts of interesting places. <laughs> hey, I'm actually games. trying to tell people so they can be careful next time they're around an animal. Don't let it, you know, and pass gas in your a, eyes. An important <laughs> lesson to end hey, on. Someone out there will thank me. Solid, practical <laughs> advice for literally every human being that has ever existed. <laughs> it's more like a little girl is going to oh get the ride gosh. a pony, and the pony's just going to fart in her face, and then all of a sudden, like it just no, I it. no. So, I we had fun though, right, yeah, guys? It was this fun. week, yeah, <laughs> talking about pink eye. And the cars from Forza banging and, and Kite Tails' brother having her leg his leg stabbed by skis. Oh, man. What a day. What an adventure. Yeah, man. We, we went to so many places in the past hour, and they were weird. Yes, yeah, man. they were. Barrel of fun. Barrel of fun. If um, you want to hear more Barrels of Fun in the following weeks, please rate us five stars on iTunes and keep asking questions on the forums. There's actually one really interesting one right now that's kind of a riddle. Like, I, I want to let it bask. Matt, Matt CD42, again, I, I love this guy. He keeps asking questions, which is awesome. He says, what do you open to let one through the gamer fence? But let's find out next week, because I have no idea what the hell that it's means. It's like, welcome to Night Vale. <laughs> I know, right? It's like a riddle. Like, if we solve it, he might kill one less hostage. But, I mean, eh, too bad. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry, hostages. Sorry. Sorry. Anyways, uh, we will see you guys next week. And until then, I hope you all have a great week. Bye. 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 Bye.